Taco Palenque fans, we have something special for you. Try the Casero Taco now for only $2.75 Monday through Thursday. Flavor packed with premium sirloin rice and refried beans. Only at Taco Palenque. At participating locations for limited time, not valid for delivery. Other restrictions may apply. From a highly secure network of top secret locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider, brought to you as always by Taco Palenque. I'm your host, Mike Finger, joined by our panel of Express News beat writers, Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and sports editor Nick Talbot. It's a, It's been a wild week in the, in the world of the local cagers, went from the high highs of one of the biggest most unexpected victories of the season to one of the more disappointing losses, one that Greg Popovich pointed out uh, showed that the uh, Spurs were looking immature, looking foolish, and that segues right into our podcast because who knows immature and foolish better than the Spurs insider? We're going to start with Jeff McDonald, who... Fitting the theme of the season was around for the low after Tom Orsborne was around for the high. Jeff, how image did the local cagers look against the Wizards of Washington, D.C. on Monday night at the Frostbank Center? They looked so um, immature and foolish that even I, I thought they were immature and foolish. That's saying something. I Also, I just think... Uh, I mean, just the whole week shows you can't take anything for granted with these guys. I mean, if you if you back up and look at the homestand to date and think of it going in and think of it from like the the bird's eye view, look at the schedule. If they if you said they were two and two after the first four games of that of that uh, homestand, you just said, oh, I I I I can see that. You know, they beat a reeling Portland team and a and a reeling Washington team and lost to. Uh, Minnesota and OKC, the two top teams in the West. It didn't exactly go that way. They beat one of the best teams in the West in Minnesota and lost to one of the worst teams in the East in Washington. But the the record's the same, as you might have thought it would be. I think it's just disappointing because it felt like they were building something, going to that Washington game, looking for their first three-game winning streak of the season. And they just kind of, I think the official term uh, is they farted it away, basically. I see. I see. Speaking of it- immature... And foolish. You could sort of up up atop the the lower bowl of the Frostbank Center. I will give credit to Jeff McDonald for up up above one section one hundred seven. Had he pointed out very early in that game on Monday night that this was one that the the Spurs might fart away. Uh, it just it just seemed to be building to that. And and also just after a team beats the Minnesota Timberwolves, we can get uh, Tom Orsborn's thoughts on that later. It's part of building a team when you are the youngest team in the NBA, as the Spurs are, is not being able to handle even a modicum of success. Probably and, the worst thing that happened to them in that Washington game is, you know, they come off the, the two big wins and then they get up 14 points like out yeah. of the gate. And you yeah. could almost see them relax from uh, you just you just closed our location, which I'm not a fan of, mm-hmm. but you could see the reaction from section 107 you could just see it on the floor just that 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 letting up that that loss of uh focus and mm-hmm. you know a part of it was the wizards were just kicking the ball all over the uh frostbank center too like they weren't playing well either it was just like if the spurs would just 
stop playing like the Wizards and start playing like the team that beat Minnesota, they would crush this game. But they never did that. And I think that's when, when Pop talks about immature and foolish, I think that's what he's talking about. They never did really bear down and take the game that was there to t- there for taking. And maybe that's just the next step for a young team is to learn how to handle a little, just a little smidgen of success. Yeah, it, it might have been the first time I was thinking about this. That it, We joked about it on the podcast for the first few months about loss after loss and Pop would come in game after game and talk about how proud he was that they competed. This was finally a chance for him to express a little disappointment in a loss. I'm sure that there have been other disappointing losses, but this was one where, you know, you had just won two in a row and uh, and you didn't follow through on that. So this was his his chance to kind of lay down the law and say, this is unacceptable. But and you know, it's, the, one, it's one thing if you lose that game because suddenly the Wizards came in and just couldn't make, couldn't miss anything. Like that happens sometimes in the NBA. A bad team comes in and they, you just catch them on an unbelievably hot night. If the Spurs had lost that way, I don't think Pop is that that uh, upset yeah. about it. I think it's it's the fact that the Wizards played awful too. And the Spurs just played more awfuler. And a lot of it was focus and and just mentally checking out. And they came down after, Tom, you can speak to this, one of the better victories of the season. Yes, you are correct, Mike Finger. It was. And, uh, um, you know, to borrow from the movie title, a movie from 1983, they made all the right moves uh, wow. in that game. Everything, everything, was, everything was correct. Uh, Jeremy had a dominating sequence where he put position them to win. Wemby was great. Uh, you know, Devin made big plays in the fourth quarter. Everything was, it was all the right moves, as I said. And, uh, you know, but, you know, speaking of the reaction from Section 107, I think, you know, uh, something I've never seen before, probably will never see again during the bat chase, was mm-hmm. the, the reaction of the Minnesota traveling contingent. Uh, their PR staff and and some of their uh, media people reacting to that that chase uh, the coyote chasing the bat. Uh, they had no, just they they could they couldn't figure out at all what was going on, and it it was uh, it was pretty funny. So yeah, old they, hat, old hat around here for us San Antonians. You are correct. And uh, why yeah. would anyone want to move out of that arena ever? I don't exactly. I don't understand it. Exactly. Uh, uh that was also they did everything right everything right in that game and then to see the contrast even the coyote yeah yeah oh yeah the quick change uh yeah in the batman costume Wemby got a kick out of that little sci-fi action going on so yeah um speaking of the youngster this past week since our last podcast we have seen the end of the back-to-back ban and the continued easing of the minute restriction up over 30 minutes on Monday night. I believe it was 30 minutes and like 30 seconds. So he's, he's getting back into, um, I guess free reign. Um, and we, that's something we've expected for a while, but, um, yeah. Anybody have anything to add on that, uh, that we've talked about that, that a whole lot. I, the, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to that free reign a little bit. You can kind of see him anytime he's on there for more than six minutes on the floor for more than six minutes in a row. 
you can you can sort of see him start to grab at his his shorts. He's a little, yeah. little winded, a little tired. It's going to, as you might expect, it's going to take him a while to actually build up to be able to play those 30, 30 plus minutes, all of them uh, with, with the ferocity we've seen from him in spurts. We mentioned time. this in previous episodes, including last week, where I don't, I don't listen everyone, to those episodes. Everyone assuming that this this minute restriction was killing his rookie of the year chances and whatnot. It might have helped them as much as it hurt him. Like because those those minutes he was playing when it was twenty four minutes, twenty six minutes, they were really efficient. And it might one of might one might have had to do with the other. Like you you play fewer minutes, those minutes might increase in quality. So now he's got the quantity back and the quality. And it, this is a really, really small sample. Um, you know, we're talking about a couple of games here. It, it's but, two games and one of them was pretty great. So Yeah, one of them was pretty great. Uh, yeah. So, the, the, I, you know, there, there, there was always an, an upside to the minute restriction thing that everyone was bashing. I, the, I, that, that probably could end up doing him well in the long term yeah uh minutes restriction or not victor has scored over 20 points in every game in the month of uh january i think we're down to the last one right do they have one good? yeah the one game that he did not ma- uh, make it to 20 points uh he had only 16 points but also 12 rebounds and 10 assists for his first career triple double there you go so uh and that was in a in a huge victory it was it was so, so it's been a pretty good month for young Victor. Well, well you know, and yeah, 24 points a game, shooting 51%, you know, almost 10 rebounds. What, what's happened blocks. since our, our, our last podcast was bef- the day before the Oklahoma City game when we were trying to take part in the in, in, in the sorghum mill. Yeah, do you want to talk about that again? Let's well, do it again. I, d- I don't, but only to... Because we don't want to leave the readers hanging, the readers slash listeners slash viewers. Like they want to know what happened in that game. We talked all about it. Now well, what happened is we fed the sorghum mill of ridiculous speculation about awards in in mid January, and and we're feeding into this. We didn't create, but the 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 media machine in the NBA created this machine created this 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 narrative that the rookie of the year thing is close. And that uh, Chet might win it over Victor, and uh, Victor's Victor's gonna win it. <laughs> like he's he, I, that was true last week. It was true a month ago. It was true two months ago. He's he's gonna win it, and the, we shouldn't waste our breaths breaths, our our plural breath, on it anymore. You, because you, he's gonna win it. You don't like talking. Chet, about- Chet's on a much better team. Victor's gonna win the dang award. Here's he the one. The, here's the ahead. one thing. All that. Uh, chatter has created and possibly illuminated about Victor Wimbanyama mm-hmm. is that kid is a stone cold killer. Like he wants to, he when he gets it in his head, he wants to murder someone. And we when yeah. we watched that in that OKC game, he was going at Chet. Yeah, he was going at Chet. And no, I don't care what Victor said afterwards about he he wasn't even thinking about that it was Chet or there's a rookie of the year race or people might think that Chet is better. That he wasn't thinking about any of that. He wanted to destroy that guy. And you could just see it in his play and the way he played. And it's not just Chet. I've, I've noticed that a lot, especially with like the, the next game against Portland when they won. 
the Spurs are blowing that out in the fourth quarter. And he want Victor wants to go for the big, like late in the fourth, he wants to go for the big exclamation point, screw you, dunk over everybody to just get the crowd going. And yeah. he missed it. He got he got blocked by the side of the backboard, which who even does that? But at the same time, it's just he has this this uh sense of um just wanting to destroy guys. And when he plays for a team that's actually good and is playing for stuff, that's going to be a really great quality for him to have. And that's going to be a lot, lot more fun to watch. It's one thing to watch him, you know, dunk and talk trash in a, what was the score of that OKC game? 140 to 114 they lost. Like, it's one thing to see him in those, but when those games become games that are close and meaningful uh, and he just wants to, annihilate the competition i think that's going to be a fun thing for spurs fans to watch hey he he even wanted to annihilate the competition in the spurs drawing contest art contest remember? oh that's a flashback yeah that's right the uh, in the recent years when we've seen the big three go into the hall of fame uh tim duncan emmanuel ginobili anthony parker um i'm not even sure if tony's well, name is Anthony. <laughs> Why didn't you go Theodore for Tim? That's what I want to know. There you go. Um, just, just. Well, that's his middle name. That's why. That's why. Come on, man. Why didn't you call him Tim Ted? Well, Tim Ted I Duncan. I should have. We've talked a lot about the different personalities, and and uh, we did this for twenty years around here, and how one guy might have been the brain, and one might, guy might have been the heart, and one guy might have been the soul. Just oh. as a just as a midseason topic, yeah, but all the one to kick on, your ass though on on young young uh, Victor Wembanyama, I see a lot of the I see a lot of the Manu traits in him in a way like like what everything Jeff was describing earlier about Victor just wanting to take it at somebody that was more and it wasn't because Manu wanted to win awards or anything like that, but Manu had that. To me, and, I, and tell me if I'm wrong, but Manu had that where he just decided he wanted to just commit homicide on somebody. Like it, it, he was taken over, and uh, and I see I see parts of all three of those guys in Victor. But when Jeff talks about that, about how he's just decided this is my game now, that was a Manu thing, wasn't it? Well, I think all of them, all of the big three, had that. I mean, I. I I think Victor might be like a um, a flashier Tim Duncan, a more ostentatious Tim Duncan too. Okay. Or where Tim would want to murder you too, but he wasn't going to tell you about it, and you weren't going to. Right. Victor wants to tell you about it. Going to do it. Victor wants to and and do it in the flashiest way possible. Yeah. Not just not you know Tim would be just like a, a nice post move that was fundamentally sound and a jump hook off the backboard. Vic, Vic tried that was another thing. Vic tried to dunk over Chet in that game, like just. I mean, he did dunk on him a couple of times, but there was one late where he just he was going to try to dunk on this guy with the, in the most audacious way possible, and then you know he missed it. But it's just the the mentality of I want to <laughs> metaphorically end your life is something else from a from a twenty year old kid just learning the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, where so after two wins and two losses in the past week, which makes it. By definition, one of the more successful weeks we've recapped on this podcast, like the 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 arrows trending up for the local cagers, despite last night's immature, foolish loss. 
or uh, or how would you categorize it? I mean, they're generally playing better, but it's hard to look at the schedule and go, oh, I see a win coming pretty soon. Yeah. Like that that's part of the reason losing to Washington sort of stings is that was one one of the few that you go into thinking they really got a shot to win this one. I believe it's the first time this year they they lost a game as a favorite. Yeah. The, the rare times Vegas tabbed them at the as a favorite, they've been able to put that game away. That that's what makes the Washington game a little disappointing. It's going to be tough against Orlando coming in here um, next. They know that's a team that is really on the rise and has a lot of good young talent. Maybe a team. We talk about the Spurs emulating OKC as a blueprint going forward in their rebuilding process. Orlando could be in that conversation too, just as what the, what the Spurs are trying to build. And then, you know, New Orleans and Cleveland to close the homestand on a back-to-back this weekend. It's tough to see them pulling off either of those games. Maybe maybe New Orleans if New Orleans sort of lets them have it. And then the rodeo trip starts and you look at the rodeo trip schedule and the only one you're like, you know, just on paper that the Spurs have a shot at is the one at Toronto. And then you if you if that's one that you kind of don't want to win for reasons, for draft reasons. So right. it's just going to be a it's back to the like this was their this was kind of the easy portion of their schedule in January, really going back to uh, January 10th when they were at Detroit. You know, they've got. Detroit and two two Charlottes in there, and uh, Portland and two Washingtons. Like you thought, that's when they were going to stack up some wins, and they sort of did. But now that's over, and you're back to playing teams that are better than you every night, and some of them a lot better than you. I don't want to uh, go ahead, Nick. I said they might not be favored again until March 22nd. That's what the schedule looks like. I mean, that's Memphis at home. It's a long time. Yeah. I don't want to insult the intelligence of the of the listeners out there because that they have they're they're clearly well informed individuals of discriminating taste if they're listening to this podcast. Uh, so they're up on all this stuff. But just in case, Jeff mentioned in passing there that the game against Toronto is one this the local cagers might not want to win. I wonder if now might be a good time to explain the reasons for that and get into. Uh, all the permutations of possible draft picks next June for, for the Spurs. The Spurs have Toronto, the rights to Toronto's uh, first round pick next season, unless the Raptors finish with uh, the sixth pick or better. Right. And right now, you know, if everything went to chalk, Toronto, I believe, is in position to land the sixth pick, which would, they would keep that pick and not give it to the Spurs. So any, any win that Toronto can can pocket helps the Spurs in their chase for that um, pick. And I would point out Toronto doesn't have to finish uh, seventh or, or, or better for the Spurs to get that pick. Like it comes down to the lottery. Yeah. And I, and you guys, I haven't done my research. Well, I kind of did, but um, I don't believe that any, in any lottery drawing has gone completely one through six to chalk. Like someone always jumps up. So right. if Toronto's seventh, or sixth, if it's Toronto sixth, you feel like there's probably a good chance that um, somebody they jumps seventh. in there and then they drop to seventh. I guess if conversely, they seventh they could they could jump to, to fourth. Right. I was gonna say conversely, if they're seventh, there's a there's a chance they could jump up too. But there's another part of this equation too, and this probably isn't the best week to do this, but since we're on the topic, we might as well. Um, 
if if let's say Toronto finishes with the top six pick this year, that pick moves to next year at uh, the 25. And I believe it's also top six protected in 2025. Um, the, 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 the scouts, the guys who go around the, the, the globe looking at the prospects, they go to college games and they go to, to international events. They keep saying that this draft isn't that great. <laughs> that as great as the 2023 draft featuring Victor Wembanyama and Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson and the Thompson twins and all those guys, like that was that was praised as a pretty great draft. This one is not. So um, I guess looking positive at the fact that the Spurs might not get Toronto's pick this year and definitely won't get Charlotte's pick this year, um, maybe pushing it back a year, you could end up with a better player in the 2025. I think the 2025 draft is supposed to be a little better. Uh, but that, that Charlotte pick is lottery protected. Uh, that Charlotte pick came to the Spurs from the Atlanta Hawks in the DeJounte Murray trade. Um, that's not going to convey this year. Last year, or next year, 2025, will be the last chance for that to convey. Yeah, that's going to uh, end up being second-round picks, I think. That'll end up being second-round you kind of <laughs> You're rooting for Charlotte to, to somehow become a playoff team next year. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, but looking make- forward, just to review, this year the Spurs have their own pick. And Toronto's pick, if it is seventh or lower, um, those are the only two they'd have right now. In 2025, they could have as many as five. Uh, That's their own. Atlanta's, they have no matter what. They have Chicago's, if it's lower than 10th. They have Charlotte's, if it's lower than 14th, which it probably won't be. And they have Toronto's, if Toronto's carries over. So there's going to be a lot of picks coming up. Yeah, I think all things being equal, I I get what you're saying about the quality of each draft. I think if you can get Toronto's pick this year, you want it. I don't know. Of course, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. that Burn the hand. All yeah. that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that means you, you quote unquote tank those games. I, I'm not going that far. I know I, it means you don't. But but I just yeah. I just think you know all things being equal, if you could end up with those picks now and not have to worry about it next year, yeah. Because there's no guarantee Char- uh, Toronto's going to fight its way out of the cellar next year like they seem to be going the opposite direction so if you can catch them now before they get to be like the worst team uh, maybe that's better yeah um yeah tom anything to add on any of this stuff uh i was doing my research it's william anthony parker william anthony parker should we should have known that billy tony you didn't know that was billy tony billy tony billy tony and tim ted (laughs) Um, and in basketball reference, uh, we always chuckle at these nicknames they come up with. Uh, fiery got, Francophile? Yeah, they've got TP, which we know, then the Fiery Francophile. And no, the, no one ever called him that. And then the Parisian Torped, Torpedo. No one called him that. That's not even a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think basketball reference makes those up just for fun. Or is it sort of like Wikipedia where anybody can go in and add anything? Back in the this, day when we had a, a 40-page magazine on the Spurs, uh, that that might have been a little feature we could have done, the, the nicknames that Basketball Reference comes up with. It, it's been a while since I've looked at Tony's Basketball Record or Reference page, but they still have him in the uh, in a Charlotte uniform? Oh, they don't. Yeah. Okay. No, no. He's... They fixed that. Okay, I just yeah. pulled it up. There we go. <laughs> uh, the Parisian Torpedo. 
Um, all those that like the basketball reference doesn't make them up. They get them from some from from you know they aggregate them basically. But it could be from anywhere. So it's just if if they've seen it mentioned anywhere, I think they well, they add it to the list. I don't. I want to know who came up with the Parisian tor- torpedo thing. Well, was that originally in French? Well, does, I have does to that ask our French reporters or our yeah. fr- friends in the French media? It was that... probably someone like Jim Murray. Does that name uh, rhyme in French? Parisian torpedo. Also, are there any, there were never any Parisian torpedoes like in like I don't think the Parisians uh, there's no torpedoes. They didn't like it's on, it's it's on the it's on the river. It's not it's not it's not in the bay. Come on, man. It's a, no, no, it's a, I have a, it's a bad nickname. <laughs> it's a bad nickname. I'll go on the record and say calling Tony Parker the Parisian torpedo is a bad nickname. Okay. You want to know? I, you want to know Victor Wimbanyama's uh, nickname on Basketball Reference? I was about to ask. There, I was about. To- I asked that question. Go ahead. Uh, Wimby. Okay. The extraterrestrial. Okay. And Vic. That's it? And the Parisian Torpedo 2. <laughs> no, those, are the only th- those are the only three. Yeah. Two of them are just like his name. <laughs> you know, shortened, shortened, shortened versions of his name. Yeah. It's like saying like, Tim, Tim Duncan's nickname was Timmy. Uh-huh. Which I I guess it was, but I wouldn't put that on his basketball reference page, you know. Uh Manu was at Manu's a regular, obviously he's in the front office, but uh he 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 was flashed on the big screen last night to honor his uh his Batman past. Uh he seemed to get a little chuckle out of that. Actually, basketball reference does have Timmy as one of Tim Duncan's nicknames, but he has several. He was Timmy. He was the big fundamental, which we all know. Uh-huh. Uh, Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. Old Man Riverwalk. That's my okay. favorite. That's a good one. Uh, this one I don't think I ever heard uh, when he played. Uh, the Stone Buddha. The Stone Buddha. <laughs> have, we heard, have we heard of that? I, I, I couldn't no. have said no. offhand that I'd heard of that. No. The Stone Buddha. Is that that it? sounds like a bad indie rock band from the 90s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Shaquille O'Neal is responsible for one of those. Now appearing at, at Antone's, the Stone uh, Buddha. Opening the for Our Lady Peace. <laughs> opening for the Parisian Torpedoes. <laughs> yes. Um, What are we doing? I don't know. We've gone off on. We've, we've gone off the rails. We've got in a wormhole again. We got a little immature. And, and, and fool- <laughs> immature and foolish. Here we go. Immature and foolish. Now would be a good time just to remind the viewers that we do have real jobs and are producing non, occasionally non-foolish content on yeah, expressnews.com. For yourself. Expressnews.com, the Dead Tree San Antonio Express News newspaper, which is still available out there. You got the Express News Spurs Nation Lose Letter slash newsletter, which you can sign up for at expressnews.com. All the good stuff. Uh, what's coming up, Tom or Jeff? What's what's on the budget? What's on the slate that in in the coming week or two that people can look forward to reading about the local cagers? Well, f- immediately I have I have to figure out which material that our um, our uh, vainglorious columnist is going to steal, and then I have to, I have to pick through the leftovers to figure out something else that's compelling to write about a 
ten and thirty nine team. Well, but I can tell you, I did. T- I mean, that, uh, I, uh, this is very uh, minor and uh, only a small slice of our. You know, be uh, but uh, uh, I did talk to Dominic Barlow last night about being named to the uh, G League All Star Game, basically whatever they call that thing. Uh, and he was excited about it. He gets to go to Indianapolis and participate in all the pomp and circumstance. Um, so that's that's one thing I'll I'll, I'll be uh, probably just m- making note of. It won't be a large uh, takeout or anything like that. But it's well, been a tough time to be in media. Uh, these days, you know, the, uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but I, I, I just feel emboldened. I, f- I feel, uh, 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 kind of encouraged that if we can keep doing like the, these, these, the stories that are going to save us, people, people are going to flock to the, to the website to read about down Barlow in the all-star game. I think God, the hits that are going to come from that the sponsorships, it's going to be awesome. I can't, can't wait to read that. I'm sorry. That was inappropriate. Uh, it's, it, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> somebody, somebody saved me from myself. I'm sorry. Here's a, here's a, speaking of nick, back to the nicknames. That'll do it. Sean, friend of the friend of the podcast, Sean Elliott. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Basketball Reference has him listed as Ninja, which which I remember well. I remember that one. Yeah. And then, get this. Speaking of inappropriate and and just just ridiculous and foolish. The next one is silly, S I L L Y. Silly. Never in my life have I heard that attached to Sean Elliott. Now they're just putting like adjectives, like it's not even nicknames. Yeah, and that 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 never would that be applied to Sean's. Silly. Well, I don't know. But it would be maybe this would be this is the story that's going to save media is researching every single basketball reference nickname and finding out. Where it came from, like the big fundamental came from Shaquille O'Neal, famously gave Tim Duncan that nickname. Yeah, we need to find out who named Sean Elliott silly. Harry Page, maybe, or our late. You <laughs> still use that adjective? I thought it was very nice. Speaking of former Express News staffers, speaking of uh, the business in general, uh, very nice of Greg Popovich to uh, remember our old colleague, Glenn Rogers, before the game the other day. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. You're just going to just gonna let that die? Yeah, no. No. Yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was. They, Truth be known, there was some contentious times between them. That's what I'm saying. That's why I wanted you to talk about that, that, that you know. That was very nice of Pop to to say that. It really was. And, uh, yeah, Glenn, Glenn was a real mensch, um, you know, just a wonderful – Wonderful guy. I spent a lot of time with him, and uh, you know, every second was great. So yeah, that that was very nice of him. Yes, you are correct. It just it just got me wondering what uh, Pop's going to say about me in his post game presser after I die. Well, we were talking about this. We know night. he's still going to be coaching. And right now, if you would look at the actuarial tables, you know, the the tell the insur- life insurance people tell you life expectancy. Greg Popovich's life expectancy is still much longer than Jeff McDonald's. So Greg, Greg Popovich will eulogize Jeff McDonald at some point, I think, and probably from a pregame uh, press conference. Yeah, wait. I hope it goes viral. I hope everybody <laughs> enjoys it. I'm sure he'll say wonderful, glowing things. Pop, Pop will uh, say, I, I like the hat that he wore 
Uh, <laughs> and that'll that'll be very nice. I like the Hassidy War. <laughs> I was going to get me one of those hats, but I thought it would make me look stupid. That was so, a direct. That, that was, was a direct quote from Greg Sopovich, wasn't? Yes, it was. So Greg, so so Jeff is wearing. It's it's not officially a Ken Gold, right? But in the Ken Gold style, is that yeah, fair to say? I, could, I couldn't think I could appropriate that. Unlike Mike Monroe, it's a driving. What do they call it? A driving cap. Sure, let's call it. Yeah. That. And and uh, what, what year was this when when you first busted this out? Oh, I don't know. Lamarcus was here because he heard it and laughed. So. Oh. 2017, so Greg, 18. So Greg Popovich looks at Jeff McDonald wearing this driving cap and says, "What? That's a nice hat. I was thinking about getting me one of those, but I was afraid it would make me look stupid." <laughs> That's how we're going to close this week with an up and down, immature, he, foolish he said episode. Nice hat. It's a compliment. It's been. It's been. We haven't done our best. We haven't done our worst. But we'll end on an upbeat note of Greg Popovich saying. Offering what he thought was a compliment to Jeff McDonald, which came with a bit of a barb. We have our ups and downs. We have our strikes and gutters throughout our lives. We'll continue to have more of them this week. Until we see you next time, take care of each other and keep it real. Mm -hmm.